I, he was a doofus. As the only way I could, you know, my, my take on the day was this guy is a goofball. I, like, how is he doing this job? I have no idea. And, and I'm writing, I wrote him a, finally wrote him these expense checks he would send me. He would give me these expenses, and I'd have to, I'd have to write the money. It wasn't my money, but I still was like, dang, he's partying, he's entertaining, he's a big shot, he's having fun, and he's an idiot. And I wrote him a check for a commission that was bigger than my salary. And I quit the next week. I said, yeah. I said, I'm out. And so my wife was six months pregnant. I quit this corporate job with, ins- and then I, I, did, I didn't even realize I lost my insurance. I was a total idiot. I was like 27. I quit the job. I took a job as a sales guy making one-third the salary. I have no idea why I thought that was a good idea. One-third the salary, and of course I got fired because I sucked. And it was, turned out that this guy wasn't as bad. He wasn't as much of a goofball as I thought. It turns out there was something to the sales thing. Hi and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday the 23rd of July 2023. This is your host Nigel Creaser and today I've got a second part of my chat with Ken Stearns, the guy with a jar. But first, a little word from a sponsor. I am delighted to um, welcome on a couple of affiliates that um, I've been uh, working with and alongside for the show today. I'll talk about one now and I'll talk about one at the end. So the first one is online PM courses. Uh, Mike Clayton is, Dr. Mike Clayton, should I say, he's a guest I had on the show back in 2019. We were talking the other day about that. It's a a little while ago now. Um, And he has a raft of courses on his website online PM courses from PMP studying through to a fast start in project managers to a a kind of um, uh, uh, individual uh, leadership skills or latest things on AI all um, very well uh, researched and Mike's delivery uh, you see some of Mike's delivery on YouTube on his YouTube courses that he does Um, uh, really good and really knowledgeable guy um uh if you want to have a look at the website uh and if you use the um uh yeah the link just nigelcrease.com slash online pm courses that'll take you along to it uh any that you decide to buy um i'll get a kickback on so uh thanks mike for uh coming on board and hopefully you guys out there um if you want to build up your skills obviously with all these training if you're pmp or any other continuing professional development stuff um you can use that so get on there and and enjoy thank you Uh, by the way that address is www.nigelcreaser.com slash online pm courses all lowercase all one word Yeah, well, I was going to start, kind of going to go yeah. a little bit, jump back a little bit, uh, and then and then probably jump yeah. jump forward a bit more. Then a little bit about we, we kind of started touching a little bit on mental health, and yeah. um, so obviously you went over to Asia. Before that, hmm. Midwest. Uh, I'm I'm from the UK. Where's the Midwest? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah the Midwest, smack dab in the middle of the country. 
So you've got right, so you know, you've got New York on one side, California on the other, mm-hmm. and New York and the coast, right? The east, the whole eastern coast yeah. line, all the way down to Florida, right? Maine, you mm-hmm. know, which is basically Canada, you know. Then New York is, yeah. you know, kind of a third of the way down, and then Florida obviously yeah, goes yeah. all the way all the way down to the bottom. And Chicago is it used to be called the second city. And it right, was, so Chicago, where you, you yeah, grew up then. grew up in, right next to Chicago, in a small suburb, and, um, you know, small city, town, a town just north of the city. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, Midwesterner. So it's, it, the Midwestern thing, I think if you're American, um, what that imply for you, like what it means, um, and I'm sure there's a relativity in the UK and other parts of the world, mm-hmm. it's, it's the heartland. So it's the farming, you know, yeah. it was the original. I mean, California became, became the real producer of a lot of fruits and vegetables. But corn, mm-hmm. wheat, the, the stuff that fed America and drove the engine, and still to this day for a lot of the world, is, is the Midwest. And there's that farmer yeah. work so ethic thing. The Iowa and, and places yes. like that in that sort of central area. Yes. That I, 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 for, for me, watching Field of Dreams or watching uh, yeah. um, Star Trek and seeing stuff like that where people are in Iowa and things like that. Yeah. It's a real thing, man. That's so, what I want That makes like. sense. <laughs> it's just cornfields. Yeah. It's one of those... Yeah, it's one of those things I look, I look at, um, at the, obviously, from the movies and things like that and see the American. I think, if I ever get over there, it's one of the areas that, that, that kind of the, the big skies that, yeah. that appear to be there and, and kind of just experience that amount of like no hill or, or do you know what I mean just that that's a matter of sky sort of thing yeah. quite in, in, interesting to do so when when you were doing that and kind of you you obviously got into your insurance career and your corporate career what what were you doing um, what were you planning to do um, and what did you what, kind of how did you get into that career that yeah. you ended up in yeah it was kind of a fun um, you know I I was a when I was in college it was the Jimmy Carter era so this was you know I, don't, I mm-hmm. think um maybe early Margaret Thatcher time and uh, you know it was yeah, a recession yeah, right yeah. it was a recession it was a depression yeah 79 a, she yeah. yeah she was 79 yeah, I think Carl was just just around that time yeah it? just yeah. around that time right so you know um, yeah. and the only way to get a job really out of college was to become an accountant like if you got an accounting yeah. degree you would get a job guaranteed no matter what the no matter the recession doesn't matter the economy you'll get a job so I you know, I didn't know any better. I, I signed up for accounting because I saw everybody, all the marketing guys were still around the fraternity six months later and all the accountants yeah. were gone, literally had jobs before the semester ended. So it's like the, yeah. the, the story of two worlds. Everybody else in the business community, business degrees were still hanging around three months after summer started. It was over. So they were still there the next year. Yeah. And all the accountants were yeah. gone three months before school ended. So get an accounting degree. So anyway, I'm an accountant. I end up in California. I'm working for Kenwood Stereos. And if you know this, this brand, this old Kenwood Stereo brand, it had a yeah. big in the day of car yeah, stereos, right, and home stereos. Yeah, they were dead. They had good separate units. They were really good to want. My brother had one. He was, it was a fantastic yeah, stacked did. unit, and it was an incredible amp, a great sound. Great, right. And I worked in the distribution warehouse, and there was a sales guy there. And I was in charge of petty cash, and I would reimburse people for first expense reports, and I'd tracked bonuses for the salespeople. And I had this one sales guy, I, he was a doofus. That's the only way I could, you know, my, my take on the day was this guy is a goofball. I, like, how is he doing this job? I have no idea. 
And, and I'm writing, I wrote him a, finally wrote him expense checks he would send me. He would give me these expenses, and I'd have to, I'd have to write the money. It wasn't my money, but I still was like, dang, he's partying, mm. he's entertaining, he's a big shot, he's having fun, and he's an idiot. And I wrote him a check for a commission that was bigger than my salary. And I quit the next week. I said, yeah. I said I'm out. And so my wife was six months pregnant. I quit this corporate job with, ins- and then I, I, did, I didn't even realize I lost my insurance. I was a total idiot. I was like 27. I quit the job. I took a job as a sales guy making one-third the salary. I have no idea why I thought that was a good idea. One-third the salary, and of course I got fired because I sucked. And it was, turned out that this guy wasn't as bad. He wasn't as much of a goofball as I thought. It turns out there was something to the sales thing. Like, it wasn't that easy. Like, he had some magic. It wasn't that easy, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that easy. So I got fired from the next job, too. So it really wasn't that easy. And then I almost got, I ended up with a job of last resort, which is an insurance guy. And it was a kind of a, it was a, it was a modified insurance agent. It was kind of like, I think in the UK, you've got some of this where you go to the corporate and you work with the corporation and then you help the employees kind of sign up. And I was doing this kind of benefits kind of stuff. And, um... I should have got fired from that job, Nigel. I, I had a, a side story on that, but I should have got fired. I didn't. Like it, it was just like the paperwork didn't get there in time, and then I got yeah. lucky, and I made a sale and another sale, and I survived. And then I ended up, you know, becoming pretty good. I got another job in insurance. I got another job, so I was getting pretty good. I had some good experience, and it was yeah. 2000, and early computers, early internet, and I answered an advertisement to go overseas and to work. And they were looking for this particular insurance set, skill set. So I couldn't be more accidental in my, I mean, I was the least intentional person on the planet. You know, just going from one gig to the next. I mean, intentional that I was trying to move up and I was trying to get better jobs and better salary, all that intentionally for myself doing things. But man, I had no magic plan. I had no master plan. Just get this job. And I, and honestly, I look at this, you know, 10, 15 years in that job, I was really just, just showing up every day. No thought about next year or what I'm going to do when I'm 70. And, and I think the biggest lesson I've learned in the last, you know, year and a half that I've been on the road since I quit corporate, almost year and a half, year, four months, is just the intentionality of being more aware of what's going on in my life, being more aware of the surroundings um, and having a plan and I was a planner I mean the weird part was I'm a thinker I'm a, I'm a planner and, but I look back and I'm like I was an idiot so it's a, it's a tough pill for me to swallow honestly I mean I, I was not intentional and I didn't have you know grace for other people I didn't have grace for myself <laughs> like so you know now it's a bit of a I could be in a bit of an evangelist and I hope people can you know hear the story and go am I that person too you know and how do I change yeah. well let's talk about that change and about um, that um, obviously the jar they, they would, and, I, and I don't know if that's a lot I think a lot of people I've seen I've seen in, in different contexts I think um, and, and there's a, a TV show that I watch on uh, about people um, making big changes in their lives, hmm. um, being in a corporate career, and, and quite often I see these things where, where people will be, um, and it, it's the extreme end of things where someone goes, um, 
where they kind of move into a hermit <laughs> sort, sort of behaviour and, and or move the whole family away and just drop a corporate career, become self-managing and, and kind of live on an island or a, yeah. in the middle of a jungle or in the middle of somewhere in um, Iceland as a farmer or something like that. And, and there's a little echo of what you've done from that kind of yeah. thing of kind yeah. of like, I want out, I want something, that's what I'm going for. And it was kind mm. of, it, it sounds sense to me, and again, it, yeah. as if it was the, the step away was the key thing, rather than you needed an excuse to step to something, and that something was the, the jar. And what, you've got the jar foundation, um, mm. which you, you mentioned on your, your website there, off the back of that, and um, and it's focused on improving mental health resources and uh, reducing the stigma around mental health yeah. illness. And, and we talked about earlier about you were nearing your burned your burnout. I was off for five months with burnout, and I, I think I've been in a situation before where it's funny because when I was ill, um, I set up some counselling, went through it, and the interesting thing is, is a few years before I had had a. <laughs> The way I was using it, my boss had come to me about something, something had changed that the customer had done. I'd been spending ages to do something, and, and I just blew up. I was using fuck as a consonant, and uh, <laughs> it just, yeah, and I just like didn't tear a shred off him. I wasn't having a go at him, but just generally just blew yes, up. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he said, Well, I'll get some time. And I went out and I just sat in the car and I cried my eyes out for half an hour because I thought, I've just lost my job. What the hell am I going to do? How am I going to look the family? You know, all that, that coming through. It's brutal. Took a couple of weeks off, spoke to the doctors, depression, anxiety, whatever, and, and kind of had a, just had two weeks off. And wow. so, right, I need some counselling. I do, I recognise the fact that I need to do it. And I, I, and yeah. I had my thing. I tried to do some remote stuff and it didn't work. So, 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 sort of email stuff which didn't work for me oh that's not gonna work and then that list that that task was on my task list to do right sort of counseling until three four years later it was because it was a lot of it was the build-up of of the lockdown and and pandemics that building up of that additional emotional um drain on all of us yeah and that was when I eventually booked some counselling and actually did what I need to do. And I don't know if it's something that, and if others are here that before, whether they've been through the same. And it, in that you 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 get to a point where you will reach that burnout peak and pop, but it's not yeah. that extreme. You you take a break. You have mm-hmm. a maybe you go off on your two week annual leave. You decompress yes. and then you come back up enough and and. It, I think there is that constant up and down over a cycle of life. And then all you need is something in your personal life or something global like we have there, which is unprecedented, that just fills up that that well that you have. You have a a bottle or whatever, a glass of that can be filled. And once it gets overfilled, there's nothing you can do about it. And, and, And I don't know if that's... That echoes in it. You can hear the echoes in there of anything that, that that you went through, and whether that's the kind of thing that you see when trying to help other people with um, yeah. improving that visibility, of mental health. Yeah, I. I mean, I for sure. I mean, the interesting part was when I I was on this one role, a series of jobs that just got increasingly 
more important to the to the company, and then ulti- yeah. you know ultimately more um, line of sight for global people, regional people, and you know these are big contributors to the to the business. So the pressure is there for everybody, you know, not just the people in the country, you know, but people in the region, and then you know the shareholders are looking at this stuff. So you know, there's a lot of eyeballs on what you're doing. Yeah. And when I came out of that role, and then I got parked. And, you know, like the children's playground, right? And and just to sit there and to watch the swing go by and just kind of take deep breaths. And I didn't really have much work. I was PTSD. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, yeah. I was you, right? It was like, I was sleeping five and a half hours a night for, I don't know how many years. And it was totally normal to sleep five and a half hours. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's not remotely enough sleep. Uh, but I thought that was like a badge of courage that I could do that. And and I went like a maniac. I was so totally lost in the job and to be that person, to be that role, to be, to play that part in the play. And I played that role very well in the play. I was a great actor. And, you know, when the, when the boom, man, when the lights went out and the stadium was empty and I was in that, you know, I was in that different job. I was like, dang. Looking around, these people are sick, man. That was sick. What was I doing? You know, I was like, I start realizing what regular people do. And yeah, I realized I was in, I had, I was in, for sure I was depressed. And I was for sure PTSD from work and just the, you know, the aggressiveness of people, right? The careers, the different people looking for this or that from people and, you know, how they want to use you and, and, uh, you know, at the end to be to be have a chance to reflect on it was quite powerful, and for me, you know, to reflect on it. And I think that was probably my moment. I didn't even think about therapy at the time. I mean, I was com- probably yeah. com- and, I, and I don't. I've never had suicidal idolations um, from like being depressed or being down. Um, so I don't think so. I didn't have that feeling where I needed to go find help, like there was an, a crisis. Yeah. A crisis. I thought it was something that I would just basically kind of just get, you know, over time, I'd kind of heal myself. And picking up guitar, starting to write, going to the street with a camera and just getting lost and, you know, not thinking about myself. And so, yeah, there's a those I think are, you know, real things we can do. And and this this word is a word I did was not in my vocabulary two years ago, even 18 months ago. But intention, being intentional, and I just you know yeah. encourage the encourage the listeners to, you know, if you don't know what it means, I'm not even sure I know what it means, right? <laughs> just look at go Google it, you know, and and it's you know it's doing things with a with a sense of understanding why you're doing it and how it fits into your life, and how it fits into yeah. the lives of the people you love, you care about. What are you doing, and how is that impact? And a pause, hopefully you're doing things intentionally. Ultimately, what comes out of that at the end of that equation is you're doing things that are intentionally good and healthy for you and the people you love. And they're, and they're good for people around you. They don't take advantage of it. You know, you're intentionally a good human is what you become. And if you're not yeah. intentional, you're not really aware or thinking. Of, you're just doing in, in a way, right? You're just going through the motions. And I think with your own personal corporate life for people, you know, for, for the listeners, you know, make, make sure that what you're doing is fits into your plan and fits into what you want to be doing. 
you know, not just it's a job and it's this job and it's the next job and it's the job that pays the bills. Got to do that. I got mad respect for anybody showing up to pay the bills and sucking it up to do that. Um, but if you start to be intentional with your life outside of that a bit, you'll, you'll bring about the change to get yourself into a place where you can be more aligned. Yeah, I think that that intentionality is kind of something that um, I've had different discussions at different times, and I don't think I'm there myself with it entirely. Yeah. Um, uh, I got it, kind of was looking for something when when I wasn't very well, and, and I was reading stuff on Ikigai, which I'm sure you'll have picked up yes. having been over in Asia. And I, I like the concept of that, of that, so uh, looking at it and understand, yeah, it's, it's understanding where you are in those dimensions in what you're doing or what you're doing as your hobbies and things. I think it's really, really useful to, to reflect there. And then actually that intentionality can a good stem that. from that. Yeah. 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 You yeah. try to intentionally move yourself into those boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where do you want to be? Right. Are you happy? Yeah. You say you, you might be really you good at something and you'd get in paid, but you might not be happy. Oh yeah, I was really I was terribly I was terribly I mean, I was fucking yeah. good at it though. I mean I yeah. was yeah. damn good and, at and it. That, yeah. And that, that poke that, that Ikigai diagram, then when you look at that zone where you are in that, where you're really good and people will pay for it, and then you sit there and go, Well, actually it doesn't give me joy and it doesn't I don't see adding value to society you can see why the, the, the description I can't remember the description I've got the, I've got it here somewhere because I took yeah. it down off the wall the other day I had and it, now I can't I had remember it what it actually said on it yeah. yeah I had it printed up for quite and some I, time as well on my on my whiteboard yeah. I had it stuck I printed it out and stuck it up there yeah I think yeah. I think that it it's hard to get that middle zone very hard um, oh without it's, with without um it's quite a significant change to what's going on in your life and and quite a significant help with it and and I think it's it's um it's a great place to strive to be and in with it like you say with intentionality try to move towards that yeah because I, rem- I, I remember something with 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 our I do judo it's one of my um, okay. One of my things I for training and I, and I do running and and in all cases when you're talking to coaches they talk about the fact if you go into a judo mat and you go to a training session and you go there and you'll do some set stuff that they'll get taught but then you'll go in the free practice yeah where you will you're fighting each other and it's always said to me that when you're doing that to be thinking about what are you doing that day in that session. Are you trying to do a certain kind of throw? Are you trying to set up uh, that throw? Okay. Are you trying to do, rather than just do as if it was a fight? Actually, go right. This is what I'm practicing today. Yes. And just do that in that. Unless there's something set by the coach specific. If it's your own free practice time, you kind of do that in intentional. In, and the same with running and training for for a marathon. If you just go out and do what they call junk miles, um, whilst they can be enjoyable and they can feel like you're doing something. If you're training for something, yeah, looking at that specific thing is, um, uh, and and what you want to do and what you want to get out of that training session, hmm. again, is intentionally doing it, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is that does help bring the the kind of definition and I think on how people can use it into focus. 
I think it's a powerful word, intentionality. And, and if you've got it in your career, we, I had um, Laura Chattington who I talked to, and she was out this week. She's talking about activating your career and how we just drift along in our careers and maybe drift from project to project like we talked about ah. and not actually go, right, where does that project ta- next project take me? Is that advancing my career? Is it advancing my learning? And actually doing you and like you said with your job, you weren't intentionally choosing these different jobs, were you? You weren't choosing them to go, right, that's going to lead me to no. the place of where I want to be. No, and I took jobs I should probably not have taken. You yeah, know, on, on yeah, hindsight, that, right? Yeah. yeah, on hindsight for sure. That's interesting. I like yeah. I like that advice, you know, of that you're that she gave you. Very interesting. Another yeah. way of like that intentionality. Yeah. It, like I said, it's a word. I'm, I'm, you know, Nigel. I'm still, I'm still kind of mm-hmm. growing into it. Yeah, yeah, and just realizing that what I did was pretty, you know. And there was actually the word was this guy looked at what I did. and He said, "Man, you've been very intentional." And I was mm. like, "Oh." What is that? <laughs> like, like yeah. I didn't, I didn't really. And then you know, but he was like pointing out. He's like, well, like these business cards are crazy. Like you would have thought that through. Like that's you know, you were you were really thinking. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what you do. You know, I did because I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, it is kind of fun. Um, you know, I think again, I think for you know, for people list sitting in their car and listening and. Um, you know, kind of trying to apply some of these these ideas in in your life. Uh, and I think it is like you said that next project, how I finish this project up, who I work with, how I go into certain meetings. Um, what do I want to get out of that? What am I going to get out of this meeting? You know, or yeah. maybe you do want to go into a meeting and just practice it. Maybe you do want to go in and practice a drill in a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, it's. You have a situation where you could delegate and you're coaching team members and you have them running a meeting for you. That's yes. about practicing it. It's about them doing it. It's about them being in a safe space to get it wrong, R- running a staff meeting, running those sort of things. That, mm. Those. But again, we don't. Uh, we're kind of you. You say we'll wander into a meeting that we've been invited to, and not go and go. Right. Okay. What's this meeting about? What do I want out of this meeting? Uh, I, I've, I've learned to become a little bit belligerent now in the basis of uh, oh, I'm not going to that no one's told me what it's about no one's given me a view right. of what they need from me or what I'm going to get out of it if you can't tell me I ain't going no, I, I don't always I, do it Pens- yeah this is a new thing I think I look back my last mm. year you know, just was it was basically just there was a meeting on my schedule I didn't question it somebody made it I showed up in yeah. a meeting and, you know, usually I was made probably supposed to make a decision or give direction. You know, hopefully if I was going to make a decision, I knew in advance. Um, but definitely going to at least give a feedback. Someone's going to show you something. You're going to give feedback. and give. But like you said, man, so much of that stuff. I went into a ton of meetings where none of that was there. Yeah. And you just walk yeah. out of the meeting going, yeah, well, okay, I guess I, you know, I got to do, I got to be eight hours somewhere in the office. Might as well be in a meeting chair. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and that's, that's the frustrating, that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? And that's the, that's the thing I think is one of the things that it's, you, you will have done it. You will have run teams of people and you will have been very focused on how you get the best out of those people. You will have yes. thought about their productivity and how good they get that something out there and then you will turn up to a meeting no one's given you an agenda and you find out you don't need to be there or you will set a meeting you won't 
you want a plot, and it's something I've, I put in my book is about, and and it wasn't my idea. It's Manager Tools podcast that I heard it from. That um, decision to go. Um, I have an hour to spend. Yeah, I can spend an hour doing this, which one of my team could do, and they could do it as good as me with a little bit of fifteen minute coaching either side. Yeah, or, and that means I get an hour. Well, I've used up two, so I get half an hour to spend on something that could benefit the whole team. And if you've got a team of 100 people and you oh, can yeah. spend half an hour that saves them five minutes a week, you've got 500 minutes a week being saved yeah. out of your team's work, which when you look at it in a, on an annual basis, that leverage in a management role is, for me, is the thing that we forget about. Oh, interesting, the leverage. It's I never just, thought of it like that. Yeah. It's just five minutes, kind of th- so that questions and conversations I have with people that work going, oh, this this process work doesn't work. It's crap. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. Well, it's only five minutes, and I'm saying, yeah, but it's only five minutes for you, and it's only five minutes for me, and it's only five minutes for the four hundred other people who have to do it. Yes. Yeah. Every week or every day, and it, that's the thing is, you five minutes is a small amount of time until you have a large number of people doing those five minutes, and that's where for me. That's where the, um, where it dumbs down a lot of people's jobs because they end up doing stuff that is of no value to them. Um, it takes time away from, but it's only five minutes, so it's another paper cut, isn't it? That just drags on that energy and drags that, it turns that seven-hour day into an eight-hour, nine-hour, ten-hour day, reduces oh, yeah. that sleep from eight hours to five and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> and it's those things that do that it's not the big things that do that it's the small things that do that and lots of them yeah I, I think the leverage idea is absolutely spot on yeah absolutely yeah, spot on from the manager making those smart choices I mean sure it's fun to be in the meeting room with the boss or somebody else but you know like I said if you can show if you can send a staff in some ways Nigel they probably can do a better job than you because they're going to yeah, they're, they're stepping detail. up Right, they're they're well, stepping up, and your job is to coach them. And yeah, and your job is to coach them, so they don't even need coaching the next time. Yeah, you have to. You as a manager, you should be building, finding one or two people who are going to be your replacement, and certainly your deputy when you're on leave. And that's yeah. the thing is, and we we that 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 is what the, the part of the job is. And sometimes I think we we take that protective role of going, and, and I've seen it in smaller corporations where someone's done such a good job that they've, as a director, they got chosen to leave and the person who was there, number two, was the person who took over at a lower rate and did it. But that's kind of, that's a a testament to their success at coaching that person through, isn't it? Yeah. Really, I think. And it's kind of... Yeah, it's um, pretty good. And I, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy uh, how... And again, that's about intentionality, I think, about delegation, bringing people on, rather yeah. than the weekend before your holiday going, who the hell's going to cover for me and mean that I don't have to ask the <laughs> I, You know, it's kind yeah. of... Oops, excuse me. I think, you know, now that you're, you're kind of describing some of that, I feel like maybe I was a little more intentional than I thought. Um, you know, one of the things I would... I was, you know, because being a foreigner uh, in in Asia or in any country, any you know, when you're a foreigner as a, as a worker... You're taking, in, in some view, you're taking a role away from a local person, 
Yeah. And, yeah. and so in a lot of markets, you need expertise in that particular role for the, to get a work visa. Otherwise, the government's mm-hmm. not going to let you in. So, you know, I had, a, I had that expertise. But my, always, my role, my comments when I came into every, every time I came into a country role um, was basically, look, my job is to fire myself. So my, yeah. my, you know, like, they're like, what's your brief? What are you supposed to do? What are you, what's, yeah. the, you know, well, my first, my first job is to fire myself. Like, that's my overall overarching role is to get my ass fired. And the only way I can mm-hmm. do that is to make sure one of you lot or somebody we can't see is going to take my chair or take the chair. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not my chair. I'm holding the chair for somebody else. And like the next person will hold it for the next person. Nobody owns. You're the, the trustee. I'm the trustee. And you know, my job is to, is to fire, like I said, is to fire myself. And, and there was a, and, and that would always kind of get some giggles, right? Because people would be like, but wait a minute, you got the, like a lot of us want that job. Why would you want to fire it? Like, like it does not compute. Right? That makes no sense. Yeah. Why would you fire yourself? You just got the badass job. You're not going to, quit what do you you know and when you explain it then people are like oh okay that's your style your leadership style is delegation it's you know teaching people everything you know okay interesting okay this is going to be a fun and then this guy's going to try to make sure that maybe the job doesn't even exist maybe everybody takes a piece of the chair well, that's it. The thing is, is you or you change the job to what it. it sometimes you yeah. can step into roles, and they they they've got such an operational bent, and and they are operating. And the the, the yeah. initial thing is that role is to run that part of the business. And actually, what you want to be able to do is that business runs itself, and you are able to direct the strategy of that part of the business. So you're not yes. running it; you're yes. you're steering it. And 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 I think that's that's. Yeah, just a little, and, and the people, yeah, the people are doing, and 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 the idea should be that you should have more time to think about the future, and have more flexibility when summit goes pear shaped in one of those teams areas to be able to easily drop everything, yeah. easily focus because the time, the timeliness of the activities you've got on your planner are mm-hmm. things you can go well. That actually, I can shift that to the right. It's important. It's not urgent. I yes. can shift it. I can deal with this urgent and important thing now. Yes. How often do you see where you've got managers, and I've been guilty of it myself, we've got a diary that's full of stuff, and something goes wrong. And it's kind of, how the hell do I find the time to actually dive in there? And it's the operational stuff, the rest of it runs. and But then... You kind of delegate it down to your team, and you get them to do it. And I, th- I think that's the thing that, for yeah. me, it's about that. Make it. Get, it's not so much firing yourself; it's changing the job to be that more strategic. And that may end up meaning that you're not needed because the guy, guy or girl above you is doing that strategy. So right, okay, I've got these guys; they're all brilliant now. They know what they're doing. And sometimes it's just a communication need for a communication channel there. So it actually varies, I think. You look like you've frozen there. Come back. I think we're having some interesting recording uh, on this show. Where I got bounced out to start off with, and it looks like Ken's getting bounced out, because I can't hear Ken at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if you can hear me, Ken. I just realised I'll jump in the chat, see if I can use that. like I lost him so I assume Ken will dial back in in a minute <laughs> Hello, dude. We're having fun today. I just—that was a wacky. I thought that was you, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it was me. And I don't know. My internet just went <laughs> dead. I'm I'm hooked up with my phone now, so hopefully this works. Yeah. But the internet just. Yeah. Well. Crazy. Isn't it? Oh well, we're kind of at the close anyway, I guess. So we need a wrap up we somewhere. Are. We are. Some kind of a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. So. um We've, uh, as we say, we're talking about that intentionality and the different things that you were doing, and I don't know how much we'll have recorded, so it'll be there for the <laughs> for listeners there. If it seems a bit frank, practice this one. I got kicked off once, and Ken's been kicked off once, and, and we were just yeah. saying we've come towards the end of the end of our conversation now, and it's been a, an interest. And I think, um, from my point of view, there's there's a lot of other questions I would have had. Um, uh, but that means we'll have a, like an eight-hour show or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, well, whilst I'd enjoy it uh, and you'd enjoy it, maybe our uh, listeners would enjoy it. But let's—we uh, mm. we'll probably need to wrap it up now. If there, if there was something that you were kind of um, if kind of talking about the jar and your experience on that, if there's one thing that you wanted to, you would have uh, said, liked to have said today mm. that you haven't said so far to people out there who are maybe thinking about a big change like you did, or maybe struggling with some mental health issues um, within their roles or whatever, or stress or that. What, what would you say to them? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think Nigel, that um, 
everybody's going to go through some mental health issues. So, I, you know, and this is, I have been surprised on the road hearing people's stories. And, and they've come from, I mean, man, people with beautiful cars, beautiful homes, um, amazing looking lives on the outside. But yeah. they have struggled. I mean, it, it's just, you can't see mental, you know, mental health, mental fitness, how fit we are mentally. We can't see it until yeah. we're tested. And we can't see, you know, the health of our brain. You can see a cancer. You can scan. You can take your blood work and see disease. There's so much physical stuff we can see. But the mental part, man, is evil, right? It doesn't show itself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show itself to you as well either. Or you can't see other people what they're going through. And, you know, so I think the, the, you know, probably my thing is, look, take care of yourself and, you know, fook the stigma. You know, if you feel like you Mm. need to talk to somebody, you know, call somebody. Uh, In America, we have a 988 helpline. um, And it's it's for mental health. And people can call that and, um, and, and talk to somebody immediately, you know, like crisis moment. And I've done some great podcasts with people on my mental health channel where the innovation around remote therapy is really cool, including group mm. therapy, where you can, you can sign on and you don't have to be the main show. You can sit there and yeah. watch 11 other people and a therapist have a conversation around grief or job loss or um, you know, anxiety. And they have these group sessions where it's a topical. And you just join a topic group. And you can kind of hang out. So there's really, there's no excuse anymore to not call somebody and not to be to get involved. And the prices are not crazy. Um, and when you consider mm. what it costs for a simple health check or a dental cleaning, you know, why not invest that in your in your brain? We go to the gym, we yeah. do diets, all that stuff. Take care of your mental health. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I think uh, yeah, I can echo that. And and the as I say, that my my experience of of taking on that counselling and taking that that time I had, mm. it was I learnt so much about me. I, I learnt how, uh, and yeah. it was all about giving myself a bit, giving myself a break, and, and Give yourself it was some a grace. Yeah, exactly. So that that little bit of actually, yeah, you're okay. You're doing okay. And sometimes yeah. we measure ourselves to everyone else. We measure to what we think we need. We measure to the pressure yeah. of what. Our families, our friends, our society—you uh, know, real. I mean, our, our church or or, or religion. What you I mean? You you hold yourself up to standards that can be way higher than you would hold other people to, and other people hold you to, and yeah. and then you put yourself in that spiral that is so hard. Uh, um, it's real. It's real. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So if people want to find out more, get in touch, have a listen to the yeah. jar or, or, or whatever, what's, what's the best thing for them to do? It's just go to the website, uh, thejar.live. Yeah. So and You'll get, uh, there's actually a prompt in there right now for email. So if you, if you do join the mailing list, uh, we will ping you back part of my book. So your yesterdays, today's, cool. tomorrow's. So your kind of your how you look at past, present, and future. That's great. You know, go there and you can always cancel. You know, we don't really send many emails, so it's pretty low risk. Mm-hmm. And if you ever we ever do start that up, you just cancel. So you know, get get registered, yeah. get the free book, and have a poke around the site. You know, there's some there's uh, 
you got a couple of the videos up you can see you got some great youtube stuff as well some fun content we did cool. on youtube a while back yeah and, and i can see there if people have got an interesting story to tell as well and, and want to be there you've got to be a guest button there as well yeah we got to be a so, guest uh, if you want to be a guest and you're in my yeah. path the, you, the map is there yeah. i think the map nigel should have the jar logo where the van is uh, so uh, where is the map yeah it's uh where follow is ken somewhere so I, i'm it's me not navigating your site very well yeah, so if you're in the U.S. and you have an interesting story to tell. Yeah, yeah. Have a look on the uh, site and see if I'm going to be in your path. Yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah, So that was a question I was going to ask. You are still traveling around then? I'm on uh, city. At different points around different places. Yeah, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee right now. Great barbecue yeah. country here. They use a dry rub, <laughs> not a sauce. Blues yeah. shows. I was down listening to some music last night. And uh, great, great part of the country. Great, um, great history here. Very interesting, interesting culturally. And um, yeah, I'm on city number 71 and uh, interview 230 something. Brilliant. That's fantastic. So again, thank you so much for being on the show, Ken. Um, I really enjoyed our chat um, and I'm sure our, our listeners have as well. And um, good luck with your journeys and all of your uh, chats. And and you. uh, when you uh, if you get over to the UK, we'll have to. Uh, and if you just end up extending it to the U- to uh, Europe, we'll see. We'll speak yeah. to you then as well. Oh, we'll franchise. Maybe I'll franchise it over somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad idea. Find some other crazy. <laughs> Look after to yourself. Do this. <laughs> Cheers. <Yeah. laughs> Cheers, mate. I hope you enjoyed the uh, interview with Ken there. Um, fascinating. I'm hoping to get on his show at some point myself. So uh, that'll be a really interesting conversation. Um, next week, we've got another interesting conversation chatting to Kelly McGinley about function and the flow within work. And we kind of delve down into a little bit about um, uh, sort of uh, volunteer sector project managing, which to me, um, when you have absolutely no um position power over the people doing work with you and for you uh it's a very different set of skills you have to use so um yeah it's a great uh, show so come along next week look after yourself and speak soon cheers now bye so this is the second sponsor slot today um we have uh, I use a product called Riverside FM to produce this podcast and do my interviews. It's a really rich um, and powerful tool. Um, has a great free layer, but then you can enhance the quality of what you get, some of the features, whether you can get the, the recording separate. Now, some of you out there may not do podcasting, but if any of you are thinking of doing it, um, I would recommend it. Um, I find it really good. Um, even though I'm on one of the, the lower tiers, the support I get when I, I'm, I need uh, support is great as well. Um, you can live stream stuff. So again, if you're doing stuff with your teams, you may be able to use this. And it kind of works like you've got a studio, you can have a producer, you can have guests, you can have the host, and you can kind of really ramp it up from a comms point of view. Um, so yeah, again, it's an affiliate service that they have, and I've signed up with them. Um, again, the 
address is if you jump onto www.nigelcreaser.com slash riverside and that'll redirect you out to their um, uh, website with my little cookie on it so it knows that you've got there and if you to be honest you, you'll get there's a free sign up there um, if you uh, take on a paid uh, subscription i'll get a kickback on that um that'd be great so all these things really help um help um fund further developments of the podcast um that i have in the uh, uh, in my back pocket at the moment so check it out if you like it great cheers So this is my final wrap up. Every week you're going to hear this. You're going to get bored of it, but you can always click next podcast if so. Um, if you have enjoyed it, if you listen to this podcast to the end of this uh, show and you think that was great, I'd love to be able to help Nigel out. Um, there are loads of ways you can do it. Um, the, the first and, and obvious way is to um, share the podcast, send it out to people. Um, if you if you know colleagues and friends who'd benefit from it, you think they'd enjoy it, just send them the link. Grab one of the links send, or send them to www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts. That's www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts. And that will push them over to a, um, a link tree link and it's got all of the different ways they can consume the, the podcast. Uh, if you are feeling generous and have a big bag of cash, you could grab a copy of one of my books. Obviously, um, uh, they're available in all the usual places, and print and, and, and digital. Again, jump on the website, uh, www.nigelcreaser.com shop, and that will give you a list of all the different ways that you can contribute um, and, and grab copies of the book. Also got... Um, links to all my guests books on there as well where I get a little bit of a kickback from them um, if you are of a sporting mind um, I have a number through doing some of my uh, judo and, and running uh, antics uh, I've managed to secure a few um, uh, affiliate links and affiliates uh, there as well so in there somewhere in the sponsors page there's links to those as well so clicking onto those and grabbing uh, your if you're and with it, if you're looking to uh, get super fit, then that would be fabulous as well. And I get a little kickback from those. Uh, I have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash Sunday Lunch PM. Uh, so again, you can ping something in there, buy me a coffee or whatever. And finally, obviously the most important is coming back. Coming back, listen again. Um, because uh, the more of you that come back, uh, the more... Uh, visibility I get because there's more times that it's downloaded and all the SEO works and things like that so yeah that's it so uh, if you can help me out I would be much appreciated if you can't don't worry about it thank you very much cheers now bye well it's goodbye from me Nigel Creaser and it's goodbye from him the Sunday lunch PM goodbye <laughs>